Welcome to the Achieve Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Feldman, and each month we explore the research, strategies, successes, and even the failures behind some of today's best fundraising and marketing for causes. As we explore each one of these, we'd like to invite different types of guests that will explore their own unique takes on what really works today, and will leave us a little intrigued on what they're working on for the future. This podcast is supported in partnership with the Festival of Children Foundation. This month, we'll be talking with Nancy Ehring. She's the Marketing and Engagement Director at the Surfrider Foundation, where she has been responsible for increasing opportunities for engagement, growing the chapter membership, and really building the Surfrider movement, leading to policy change for some of our best beaches and ocean work. Nancy previously worked at the Nature Conservancy, and she assisted in the Hillary Clinton Senate re-election campaigns. We're excited to be joined by Nancy Ehring, Marketing Engagement Director at Surfrider Foundation. Well, Nancy, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Derek, for having us. All right, we have to, before we get into who Surfrider is, all that other stuff, I want to spend some time talking about you. It is about you. So (laughs) why don't you tell me, give me some history, give me some background. Tell me about Nancy's life before you got to Surfrider. Okay, well, um... So early in my career, I was working at a fundraising firm um, who worked with who worked with many different causes and nonprofits, um, and many of those that I care greatly about. So women's rights, animal welfare, and the environment, and ultimately p- political campaigns. And um, at the firm, I help guide creative direction and later strategic decisions to help build revenue pipelines for those organizations so that they could do greater work um, towards their mission. It is and was incredibly satisfying and rewarding to know that like every day you can make a difference in the world. And that's really that that moment in time that fueled my decision for my um, professional path. You know, I got my start at this fundraising firm and at that firm, the most pivotal moment was when I had the opportunity to work on my first political campaign, and it was working on then First Lady Hillary Clinton's um, Senate run in New York. Interesting. Yeah, and thereafter, um, I got the political bug. I spent nearly a decade working in politics on political campaigns at political action committees like Emily's List. Um, I worked on Secretary of State Kerry's um, presidential race. And Hillary's first presidential race, I would say, I help with the um, these presidential campaigns becoming Secretary of State. I don't know, <laughs> but I enjoyed the energy from political campaigns. And there came a point in my career where I was becoming too old. I felt to be working um, seven days a week, twenty four hours a day on. Um, raising money for um, candidates. And at that point in time, I had the opportunity to work at the Nature Conservancy, um, which is a global environmental organization. And that really kind of got me to Surfrider, um, where I moved from D.C. to California um, to lead the fundraising and marketing efforts for the Surfrider Foundation. Wonderful. All right. So let's get into what is Surfrider then? Well, the Surfrider Foundation is an environmental organization 
solely dedicated to propose. So we like to say that we have a foot in the sand and a foot in the water. And unlike other um, environmental organizations, we're really laser focused on the coastlines. Um, so we're about beach access, we're about clean water, we're about ocean protection, climate change, and plastic pollution. So those are the five areas that we focus on. But what truly makes Surfrider unique from any other environmental organization, we achieve our work through a volunteer network. And I have to say, I've never seen this in my entire life. This network of 80 chapters and more than 60 youth clubs um, volunteer their time to protect our coast. They are so incredibly passionate about what is happening in their backyards that they stand up, raise their hand, and make a difference day in and day out. It's something I've never seen in my entire life. It like makes me so proud to work at Surfrider because of these people who volunteer their time. Yeah, it's, it's quite impressive, the community of people around Surfrider. So let's talk about some of the campaigns, because I know that you've had some really cool ones, which we'll talk about the Trestle Saved one later on and, and some of the others. But before we get there, in, in terms of some of the campaigning work related to, to Surfrider um, and the cause spaces that you've been in, what kind of still surprises you today from the time that you started in this work and in this field till today? around some of those campaigns anything that still sort of says gosh I can't believe that we're still doing this kind of work like this well that's a great question what kind of surprises me is that the essential elements of what makes a campaign successful are the same but how we execute is very different so 10 years ago you know social media really did not exist and we relied on you know television radio direct mail um, print ads to get our message out. And now we have this array of different channels to reach people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in terms of social, when you look at it, how does, I mean, is, is that the first level of activity and engagement with Surfrider? How does, how do you organize your campaigns to get somebody moving from hey, that's kind of interesting to, boy, I really want to do something. I would say it's the start of the funnel of engagement. It's getting our message out to people who may not know Surfrider. So we give them an entry into who Surfrider is. And we share, you know, through our different social media channels, um, messages about the activists who are championing for our coast or the campaigns that we're working on or the threats that face our ocean. It's a great way to educate and cultivate people on the threats and issues that face our ocean, but also the steps that they can take in their everyday lives to prevent or help um, save our, our coast from plastic pollution or conserve water or help prevent storm runoff by mulching their garden a certain way. I mean, there's it, social media is a great tool to educate and cultivate people. Um, it's where many people get their news. So it's a great way to share, like today, our 400th victories. Um, we hit a, a, a significant milestone um, with our 400 campaign victories. Um, and we're going to share that with our 
audience today. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I suspect you mentioned this thing like milestones and victories that that uh, that not everybody can see the damage, right? That happens with oceans and all the time. You know, if I if I'm a visitor and I went to Florida, or if I went to California and I had a chance to put uh, and visit a beach, I may not know the challenges that exist um, yeah. there. So, how do you create through your campaigns that immediacy, that that milestone victory? culture and mentality to get people to act? We do it in a couple of different ways. One, we illustrate what the threat is, then show how personal action can make a difference, and then the long-lasting impact. And along the way, we create those different timelines, like when we need people to raise their hand or reach out to the representatives. For a lot of our different campaigns, there is a starting point and an end point. So using plastic pollution as an example, in California um, this past November, Prop 67 was finally passed. And what that means is that a ban on single-use plastic bags at the groceries was put into law. And talking about energizing people to get out the vote, to skip um, using plastic bags and illustrating that like this, this mandate would put 13 billion plastic bags out of circulation in California and illustrating that that this means that they're not entering our waterways and ultimately ending up in our ocean and adding to the plastic pollution that our ocean faces, illustrating it with facts that like by 2050, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish, like really showing these tangible, the the tangible impact of their actions can make a difference. Absolutely. So now in terms of raising the money, because I'm sure you have to raise some money uh, in, terms of, <laughs> in terms of that, as much as we love to build awareness and education, we've got a money component here. Um, talk about what's been effective for Surfrider in raising money with your campaigns. Well, I mean, the fact that that we have this volunteer network that is acting on behalf of others. It really makes people open up their wallet. There's this guilt factor that we have volunteers who are giving up their time and dedicating their energy to protecting our coast that by simply opening up your wallet, you can help fuel those the volunteers and help give them the resources they need to defend our coast. It's as simple as that. And how do you know uh, your volunteer network and the networks and community that you've built? How many times do you have to go back and educate and build that awareness to get them to become a supporter? Or is it even, I suspect you have people that immediately go to that place, right, where they give immediately. But have you learned anything in the time in the kinds of individuals that surround Surfrider? And what does it take to get them from becoming knowledgeable to a donor and so on? This is going to sound funny, but it's actually very true. Surfrider chapters put on beach cleanups almost every weekend. And once a person attends a beach cleanup, they become hooked and they see what is happening to their beaches. And when they're picking up cigarette butts, they're picking up plastic bottles, plastic bags. It's almost a gateway into becoming a hardcore volunteer. Our volunteers become leaders within their communities. And um, every year, Surfrider puts on uh, leadership conferences 
for our volunteers where best practices on campaigns are shared, tactics on how to engage more volunteers are discussed. It's this give and take where we're bringing more people into the pipeline, getting them more and more engaged. They become leaders within Surfrider, but then they ultimately become leaders inside their communities where they're helping influence policy and decisions at the local regional and state level. That's great. All right, so let's talk about Trestle Saved, which was one of your successful campaigns. And we're going to share with our audience some information some and some incredible things, including some of the background on this. But, but for those who don't get access to it right away, describe the campaign. Why did you have to do it and how did you design it? Like many of our campaigns at Surfrider, they bubble up from the chapter. So the the volunteers raise their hand when they see a problem and we lend legal, scientific and organizing support. Well, Trestles is in our backyard. It's a a world famous surf spot at San Onofre State Beach. And it's in Southern California where Surfrider um, headquarters is located. So it's really truly in our backyard. (laughs) And It came about when the Transportation Corridor Agency, the people that are responsible for building roads, decided to build a toll road right through this state beach. And the state beach is beautiful. It has a beautiful watershed. It has a burial ground for Native Americans. It has this world-famous surf spot. It has endangered species. So it wasn't only Surfrider that was alarmed that this whole road was going to be built right through this beautiful natural resource. Many other organizations saw this happening and we formed a coalition and each organization in this coalition had a specific goal. Like they wanted to protect the endangered species. We wanted to protect the surf spot, others, the burial ground. And that was the beauty of that campaign. So together collectively we could amplify the need to stop this toll road, but also individually target our own audiences. So over this like 14 year battle, this coalition remained completely strong. We played to each other's strengths. um, And ultimately we won at each time that the battle (laughs) rose up. So there was the first initial battle to stop the toll road, which happened. And then the TCA, the Transportation Corridor Agency, kept on coming back and they wanted to build the toll road in segments. They wanted to build the um, on-ramp. Well, you don't just build an (laughs) (laughs) on-ramp. That's right. we, we, We saw their cards. And over the last couple of years, the coalition sat down with the TCA and came to um, an agreement that they would never, ever build into the San Onofre State Beach. It was a landmark. It put an end to this landmark battle in California. Incredible. So was there any of the creative elements or the message that you felt really hooked people in as well? Uh, You mentioned some of the kind of larger pieces, but do you remember anything in particular about the campaign with the creative or pieces that you felt, boy, that really was a success too? Quite honestly, it was for Surfrider, the fact that surfers participated. Surfers had that stereotype <laughs> um, and not really participating, but they came out and they came out in um, droves. There is the California Coastal Commission and there's hearings every month. And, you know, 
if 20 people show up at a coastal commission, that's a great day. When there was anything about Trestles or San Onofre State Beach being heard by the Coastal Commission, it was amazing how many people, particularly driven by Surfrider and the surfing community. To this day, there is this one meeting that the California Coastal Commission had to move it from a conference room to the Del Mar fairgrounds because there was they knew that this crowd was going to be so large. And even then, there was only standing room and overflowing capacity available. More than like 3,500 people showed up to that one meeting. And that to that day, to this day, it is the single largest commission meeting. That's great. So that really that combination of both the online digital activism, this in-person combination of, of making sure and being present and getting the audience, getting surfers out there really contributed to the success, huh? Digitally, Maybe a little bit, but more at the grassroots level. Um, these are, you know, much of this happened before the days of Facebook, but more of it was at the community level through chapter meetings, organizing, getting people to show up through print, radio and television um, advertising and just word of mouth. The surf industry also um, assisted there where like popular um websites for surfing really aided there. Surfline and Surfer highlighted the threat and how people could get involved. It was the first time the surfing industry really participated in a campaign. All right. Well, we'll, we'll definitely give our audience more information on the Trestle Saved campaign, some of the information you've sent to us, uh, too, as well. So before we leave, it's, we have to talk about the future. Uh, what do you think marketers and fundraisers will probably still have to do in five years with campaign work? I mean, what's, what's your crystal ball prediction here? I mean, I think... For any campaign to be effective in building awareness, clarity is key and remaining authentic to yourself is essential. And I don't think that will ever change how we communicate it and the channels that we communicate it through will likely change. But I think being true to oneself will always remain a constant. Very good. Well, Nancy leads uh, marketing efforts uh, at Surfrider Foundation. Nancy, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast with us. Thanks so much, Derek, for inviting me. I really enjoyed speaking with you today. Absolutely. You can find more information on Surfrider at surfrider.org. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this edition of the Achieve Podcast. We look forward to next month where we'll be helping you as marketers and fundraisers raise the public support, awareness, and adoption for the important work you do. 